Instacart shoppers know groceries. They know that you can't make guacamole with rock-hard avocados. They know how to quickly find those peanut butter pretzels you can never find. And they keep you in the know by giving you updates about your order along the way. Let Instacart shoppers help take shopping off your plate so you can get time and energy back for what really matters. Visit instacart.com or download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum order $10. Additional terms apply. Instacart. Add life to cart. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the In This League Fantasy Podcast Network. In This League Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Online at InThisLeague.com. Now, here's your hosts, Bogman and the Welsh. Welcome in, friendos, to the In This League Fantasy Baseball Podcast. It's Bogman and the Welsh and more. We have special guests for Draft Forum 1.0. It's actually my favorite thing that we do. There's like some cool like breakdown episodes that we've done that you can go back and listen to on the podcast feed. You can go and check out Ranks Analysis, which is great. We'll talk about projections from time to time, all the fun things, but I love when we get into the draft forums and we get to talk to our friendos. We get to talk and draft forum. We usually bring on a couple people. But you know what we started doing last year? We did this as well. I didn't even realize this trend. We've been bringing on like like groups, like podcast teams. The we did best last year tag like- team champions in the world. Yeah, who did we have last year? We had like Spore and Mason, and there was like another podcast team. I can't remember. Well, we're doing it again, and we're doing it in style with two fantastic friends of ours. It's Bubba and Bloomfield. It's Bubba in the Bloom coming on here in just a couple minutes. They're going to be joining us in Draft Forum. It's a you know totality of draft conversation. We're going to be going through all the motions. We're going to do some player debates talk about some of the biggest, hottest things that are going on. And I will tell you, we are currently watching the WBC. It literally started as we hit record on here. I have money on the game and I'm getting a little bit worried so far what's going on, <laughs> but we'll get to all of those things. So I'm very excited to have those two guys on. We do want to let you know that this episode is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Go and download the app today. It's easy to do. Use promo code ITL. Get a 100% match up to $100. You can also play with us. I also saw... They've got a $250 best ball thing going on right now, and I kind of want to enter it. It looks like a <laughs> badass contest. There's a lot of other cool ones. You can set up your own. Bogman and I, we're going to rock out with at least two more in March so you guys can come and play with us. So use that promo code ITL, and Bogman and I have the newest of giveaways we're doing this month. We're actually going to hook everybody up uh, that signed up in February. We've got the uh, Prospect One hat that is going to be given away. We're going to do that on a wheel. Well. We have a hoodie on the line. So if you use our promo code, we heard a lot of y'all getting snow. So that's right. That's right. Well, I had snow box. I had snow out here in Arizona. But if you guys, if you guys uh, use the promo code in the month of March for the first time and make a deposit, let us know. And we are going to give one person away an ITL hoodie of their choice. So that's a pretty good little extra. Plus you can play with us. So promo code ITL, do it today. Underdog fantasy. There's a lot of stuff going on, man. WBC literally kicking off as we're recording this. Drafts season is going to start coming to a close, which is crazy to think about. And spring training is almost over in general. 
So I can't think of two better people to bring on than Ryan Bloomfield and Casey Bubba. Let's just get right into this bad boy. Draft Forum 1.0 with the crew. Look at these gentlemen. Ryan Bloomfield, Casey Bubba. Bubba, what's up, brother? What's going on, guys? Thanks for having us. Uh, this is fun. I really am looking forward to this game as we record live. So this will be good <laughs> as uh, we, get, we get some real, real fun in this deal. But uh, yeah, thanks for having us. It's going to be awesome. Ryan Bloomfield, you literally just ended drafting. Uh, I believe it was your tout team, right? This is uh, the, the tout and labor is going on at the same time. I think you just ended your uh, your tout draft that you guys were live streaming on the YouTube channel. I was able to watch a little bit of it. I believe Bogman was... Uh, trying to razz you guys in the chat a little bit, trying to screw you up. <laughs> Bogman is yelling in all caps, Diamondbacks right. relievers for me to target in the mm. in the 28th and 29th round of my Tout Wars mixed. Uh, yeah, we just <laughs> got out of that one. So, um, you know, we're just, Not this tired is adrenaline you're, going. You're wired. Yeah. We are Let's wired. And, and, I, and we cannot, I mean... We just keep going. Like I can't say no to you guys. It's it's been a little while since I've been on, but you could try. We'll find you. We will before the you. before tout after tout. We'll we'll, we'll yeah, yeah 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 yeah. We can't we've been around long enough. enough. After. We've been around long enough that everybody said no to us at least on once. Yeah, everyone said at least no to us once. We want tag team duos. We got the tag team. That's what we wanted. We're recording later than usual, but we did it for you guys. So we could have you both. So. And really, we couldn't make up an excuse that we're not around because we literally were just in the I live was stream, watching. So. <laughs> watching <laughs> us. And, uh, yeah, we, we, we got nothing at that point. Yep. I will tell you for uh, all the great listeners out there that whoever buys the WWE game that's going to come out, you're just going to have great tag teams in the fantasy baseball world. <laughs> and uh, you got Bloom and Bubba, you got Bogman, Welsh, Spore, Mason. You just start creating all these you tag teams. And, yeah, yeah, exactly. You can rock all of those. Speaking of which, uh, all of us will be in some capacity, if anyone cares. The Baseball Pods Tournament is underway. And uh, I'll, <laughs> I will probably get tagged every single day now at this point. <laughs> I think I'm only not involved in one bracket. Um, but I got the tag and rates and barrels, which I don't really deserve to get tagged in, but you know, like supposed to be out there, ITL prospect one, give us vote, vote, literally vote for Bubba and Bloomfield every single time, unless ITL in some then I don't think we're in the same bracket together. I don't think is there any yeah, we we'll were see. in Monday. We were in Mondays. Is bench with Bubba? At, yeah. Is bench with Bubba's bench with Bubba comes up on Thursday. Okay. Ooh, is Bubba in the bat flip on there too? Like it'd it's be Bubba real awkward if all three. <laughs> I, don't, I don't. It's Bubba in the bat flip and Bubba in the bloom. It's only two on there. There's Did Chris do that? Yeah. One one of the year last year, Chris decided to put prospect one and in, in this league in the same bracket, and I was like, that's <laughs> not nice. That's mean. That's mean how you ended up. Bubba in the bloom and Bubba in the bat flip are at opposite corners, so we could only meet in the end. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I so I don't think our end will get that far. So. <laughs> uh, we'll see how they all go. Uh, Draft I, forum. This is just a collection of a lot of draft stuff we have spent. And I know there's some like podcasts out there that just kind of kicked off and that's cool going through all the motion. Bogman and I have been doing this since November. So we have given you positional stuff. We've given you rank breakdowns. We've done, I think we're on mock 10.0 this 10. week. We've done a lot of this stuff. So draft forum actually is like this happy little place where we get to talk to a couple people and we just get to go through all the kind of latest news, some of the draft strategy things that are going on, and we can do some player debates as we get further on. So that is what this entire collection is going to end up being. But, you know, I figured we start off Bloomfield. You want to give us a little recap how that uh, tout went? I'm just still finishing up. I'm in tout this year. I had to move leagues because I you know, wasn't able to drop everything and travel to New York to do a tout. So I had to change league. So I'm unfortunately not playing with my other friendos, but I'm doing a draft and hold 50 rounds, I think. And 
we're in like round 42 or something like that. I've been doing it for three weeks. You got to do a live mix and you just finish it up. Um, highlights, highs and lows, if you will, on your uh, on your tout team. Uh, I would say the the high was I've, I've been so NFBC centric and I think a lot of podcasts and it was kind of standard five by five. The high is like being free from ADP. And, and yeah. Welsh, as you probably saw this, like tout is OBP. And so you kind of, yep, like you're, you're kind of flying blind, which was really like a freeing feeling. You're taking your guys and not really worrying about what the market thinks because really there is no market. That's kind of, I mean, I could go on about this, but that's kind of an offshoot of our industry. We have so many different formats and that sort of thing. If you're not like the straight standard five by five, um, you're a little bit on an island. So, and the that advantage was, I got was I got to wait because it was a draft and hold. I could sit and kind of marinate on my picks. You did not. You had to you yeah. had to fly <laughs> I, quick. And, yeah, yeah I, had, I had plenty of lows. Uh, one would be taking five outfielders in the first 10 rounds. So that that, that, that hamstrung me a little bit later on. Uh, low getting sniped on Aaron Savali, which is like oh. my guy this year. Hmm. Um, and I it kind of brought up some discussion does it is it really a snipe after like the 20th round i don't don't know if it is but uh (laughs) the pick before me and then like i said was was diving in the barrel of uh d-backs relievers at the end so i I would consider that a low as well the fun thing with d-backs relievers is you can just like um it's kind of like a creative player in madden you could just come up with a couple names and you could just be like uh derek finlay and you're just like oh yeah that's a guy he came out of japan right like you can just create names bubba you play politician or d-backs closer yeah sounds nothing like his name so yeah scott 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 Scott, whatever whoever yeah i call like nebraska senator yeah. Bogman, who with that video you just sent me on Instagram, I forget his name because I love him so much. What's the guy uh, where it's, is it Nicki Minaj or is this La La Land? Yeah. Uh, which, which lyric is it? La La Land or Nicki Minaj? But who's that comedian that I love? He does. I can't remember breed. his name. I know exactly who you're talking about. I just oh, man. Well, we're going to have to figure that out. Yeah, that's exactly how Diamondbacks end up being. All right. So give me uh, your couple favorite picks and your least favorite picks on the team real quick. Uh, least favorite picks. I did kind of a double tap of Injured old outfielders, Giancarlo Stanton and Chris Bryant. Um, liked one of the two, but probably not both. Favorite pick? I don't know. I'll say Shohei Otani, the pitcher. That's another kind of wrinkle in tout. There are two Sho- Shohei Otanis. Got him, I think, in the third or fourth round. I think fourth round um, as my second pitcher. I think Otani, the pitcher himself, could be a top five arm this year. So, mm. that. Okay. But the best part about we- taking Otani is you have to make up a placeholder name for taking him and who'd i go with bubba jason, jason junk? junk that was my that was my main <laughs> you know what the, the best thing about otani is is when he's one player that a system can work as both that's actually the best thing when he's not two individual players that's actually the coolest thing uh but you know that's silly <laughs> that. bubba if you were if you were picking apart uh bloom's draft here what would you do like what did you like what did you dislike uh he didn't take mj melendez when i told him to he didn't take Thyro Estradic, so his shortstop position is uh, struggling. When I told him to, he's got Bryson Stott, which not the worst thing, but he even realized it goes all oh, bad. That's what I pivoted to when I got sniped on Thyro the other day. Yeah. That's the exact uh, same thing that happened to me. We've been preaching it. Shortstop, it's it's deep, but not the deep we're used to. It, like, it falls off and it gets nasty at a certain point. Otherwise, Bloom did fine. Bloom. The thing is with Tout is he can make trades, the waiver wire you can do. like He's going to be able to navigate the minefields. Uh, but shortstop is going to be that, and he's going to be streaming catcher all season long. So that's uh, mm. which, if you're going to stream a position, stream catcher. 
Like you can do that for a buck every week. Or there's zero dollar bids in town, so have fun. So yeah, he he did fine. He got a lot of good in-game pitchers, uh, starting pitchers, especially later in the draft. What drafts do you guys still have left, Bubba? Like, what do you have still coming up? I know there's like industry stuff that happens, and there's personal leagues. Do you have? Have you already kind of like knocked out? And, and also in that same question, what's your mix between like real full leagues to like best ball draft and holds? Uh, what I have left is I'm finishing up, you know, TGFBI and those ones we're doing. I have Barf this Saturday, March 11th, yeah, in uh, San Francisco. So that's going down. And then I'll usually do a couple OCs online for NFBC. And then other than that, I think I'm pretty much done. I, I'm always going to jump in something because that's what I do. But that's all I really have on the agenda for now. What do you want to make sure, like you can give me a player or something like, is there something that you hadn't done in recent drafts that you want to make sure that you accomplish in bar for maybe in the OCs? You didn't have a share of a player. You've been crappy you know, putting together the construction of some type of roster. Have you thought about that? Um, I've been trying to be more willing. Like I did it in town. I took a, some Jordan Walker shares mid draft like that. The Corbin Carroll's these younger players, even O'Neal Cruz. I was the one I actually talked about the other night on the show. O'Neal Cruz. I've started to find a reason to like a little bit more. Like trying not to be such an old man about. Yeah. I'm a very safe drafter. I'm a very safe drafter. So I'm trying to like, take myself out of my shell and take those chances that could help you win a league. It could also hamstring you. We know that for a fact, but it could give you that upper hand where, you know, the boring guy that goes 20 and 20, you know, homers, five steals is great and all, but what if Odeo Cruz hits and then you're like in, in the, so it's just one of those kind of things. All right, Bloom, same thing. What do you have left? And, um, what is the mix of like, you know, normal draft OCs and then something you want to accomplish? Three drafts left. I've got Worth, which is the Western Expanse. Roto Fantasy is part of that Earth thing. So it's Pacific <laughs> North Pacific Northwest uh, League next Friday. I'm I'm doing the main event. I won a DFS contest last year and won a main event entry in the NFBC. So I'm doing that at like 11 Eastern the night before opening day, which I just I, I love doing. Oh, it just like yeah, gets it's... me going and 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 then. And then have the league that started it all, an ESPN family league that we started back in 99. So my my dad's in it. My uncles are in it. It's got cousins. My nephew's joining it this year, wow. uh, passing the torch down to him, which is very basic points league format, doing the weekend before opening day. I would say like... To, to start on ESPN, this is like a punishment for him? <laughs> <laughs> I like ESPN, man, especially for points. Oh, it's wow. not bad. I think your internet wow. just went out. Okay. Not well, bad. there's one. We found one that likes. Have you I mean, seen the ESPN rankings? Well, no, but here's the no, credit to but, ESPN okay. at least. The only thing it caters to is their generic points yeah. leagues that they point it's the ranks that they put out. But if you like Julio Rodriguez in the 40s or Acuna in the 40s, ESPN's for you. The thing Frank. I'll say too is like I mentioned my nephew, a couple of cousins, like I mean, that's how I got into fantasy. That's I think that's kind of how they're getting into it too. Like, yeah. I don't want to just throw my man like eleven years old into a roto league. Be like, yo, figure, yeah. figure <laughs> yeah, this out. Yeah. Like that's that's inviting. Uh, You're like, all right, buddy. Give, give me a hundred bucks. Six by NFC. six. Quality yeah. starts. We're doing saves and holds. And yeah. I want you to get this. I know this can be tough. Net steals. We're doing net steals. Okay, buddy. Good <laughs> yeah. luck. And you're just yeah. like, all right, I hate baseball. So just yeah. figure out who has the best war and pick off that list. So yeah. <laughs> do the so, war league. All right. Um, so uh, whether it's the uh the main event or whatever, what do you what's a player? What's a strategy? What's a position? Is there anything that you're gonna try to accomplish in worth or uh, the main event? Um, 
I think the biggest thing, I think the biggest challenge is since I've done probably like, I don't know, eight drafts or so is to not keep taking the same guy, especially early in the draft. Like I have a lot of Kevin Gossman. Um, I, I don't want to just have Kevin Gossman on every single team. So I think it's finding out, and this is the problem of being a fantasy addict drafting in November, December, whatever, figuring out a way to, you know, not avoid my guys, but just diversify a little bit um, in the in the bigger drafts coming up in March. That's going to be, I, for me, a challenge at least. I was going to say, Boggs, don't you feel like so much is done? Like, I, you're really adamant about this. This is a thing that you've always been really strong about is like doing your drafts closer to the season start and if you really think about the numbers, if everyone looked at like everything that you've done this year, I would, and if you guys only have three with whatever you've already done, that probably equates to like 20 to 30% of your drafting is done in the final week or two of the season. And I know that's just crazy, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy, but it's where most of my money gets spent. So my main drafts, my focus drafts, the chance to make money drafts are my last drafts. And that's kind of the way I, I look at it. I just like to have all the information I can possibly have. And I know everybody else also gets the same information. Uh, I, I get that. So, you know, when you're competing in an industry league, doesn't really matter if it's early or late. Everyone has the same advantage. But just if I'm in my regular league with my buddies or my family league or whatever, like Bloom's got coming up, I like to have all the information that I can possibly have going into that draft. Uh, so I can just feel better about some of these players going in and, you know, even though we're still throwing darts at D-backs closers at the end, the, the rest of the draft doesn't feel like so many dart throws. Exactly. All right. Uh, let's start this bad boy up here with uh, some of the pointed questions we have. Do want to let everybody know and remind you to come and check us out over on the Patreon in this league.com. Do that. Come and sign up today. You can get Bogman and I's redraft ranks. You can check out um, so you can see where we it might be uh, having some holes and some players that we need to be looking at. You can pick up those ranks, the overall prospect. Uh, Dynasty, everything, P180Ps, plus you can get in the group me rooms and hang out with us, and you are supporting the independent podcasters, and we always suggest you support the independent podcasters. So do it in this league.com if you guys want to check that out today. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'll start off the first question, and Bogman and I will kind of rotate. This one I wanted to make sure we covered, and I, th I put this on the list that wasn't originally there. I want to talk about Corbin Carroll, not just because uh, I'm a homer and Bogman and I are homers or anything like that. I feel like Corbin Carroll has really kind of taken over the biggest draft movement in March. I think, you know, if we went back and looked in years, like there's what, three, four guys that get this like huge move in March. It happens over time. If you look out and you do the stretch, you'll see guys that get big movement from January to March. There's always a couple of those March players. And in March, Corbin Carroll is that guy. 
Corbin Carroll, NFBC just tweeted out, I believe it was today, that he went 54 and his ADP is moving in that direction. I think they might have had multiple drafts and the average was 54. So what I'm curious about, and Bloomfield, we'll start with you. What does the Corbin Carroll line have to look like to justify top 55? Because I, I think there's a ton of floor. I've got him in the 50s. I've had him in the 50s forever. So this isn't like new necessarily to me. But what does the line have to look like? Because I feel like the industry is still a little bit torn about the exciting upside versus what floor he can provide. So that is my Corbin Carroll line to you. Give us the stat line of what Corbin Carroll has to do to do it. And then, you know, if you believe that he can actually uh, beat it. Yeah, I think he's got to go. I mean, he he definitely has to strike out less. And the problem with like, I mean, Coral the, Carroll, the main, the main draw is the speed. And this year, it's I think, stolen base targets are a it's a moving target so like if carol steals 30 bases how much better is that than the i don't know you know how many how many guys are going to steal 20 like how much better is that from the kind of mlb average that we're going to see in 2022 so i think for corbin carroll to make a profit at in the 50s i think he has to strike out less and hit me maybe take that he had 27 percent k rate 115 plate appearances in the majors last year i think he's got to get that average up to like I don't know, 270, 280 to be able to do it and hit for a little bit more power. Um, I don't, yeah, at least again, in the majors, we didn't see that, 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 that power show through. So I, I think two things need to happen. Fewer strikeouts, more power. It can definitely happen because Corbin Carroll as a growth stock and a prospect is exactly what you want to see. Um, but I don't know if he's like a, a stone cold lock in the fifties to return that value, especially, I mean, even again, even if he steals over 30 bags, like, I don't know how much that gets you. It definitely helps, uh, but I don't know how much that gets you over the average of a of a moving MLB average that's that's moving up with the uh, rule changes in store. Basically. Okay, so let let's like let's see what the line is. You said it's two seventy. If it's two seventy, thirty stolen bases, fifteen homers. Bad X hasn't projected at seventy two runs, 58, 58 RBIs. I mean, what is it? Is it? I don't want to be putting words in your mouth, but is it fifteen thirty? 70 60 with a 270 batting average is that is that you're saying that's top 50 that doesn't beat top 50 or that's what he has to do to return the positive value? that i think that's what he would need to do to return that sounds about right okay uh bubba same question corbin carroll and, what is the stat line and you said like you and you said you're gonna try to get more of these young guys is is his price moving too fast for you it is and it isn't it depends on where i go because i usually try to take like the kyle tuckers and areas Reynas of the world and stuff which would take me out of, <clears throat> sorry, out of a Corbin Carroll of the world. But um, it's a lot what Bloom said. Like I was looking at his profile when he came up to the bigs last year. Ground ball rate went way up compared to what he's used to, and, and the fly balls fell. He was, he was showing some power in the minors before he came up. So I think the power is there. He's going to be 22, still super young. Um, I think if you can get 20-ish home runs and 30 steals, you'll be sitting pretty because, you know, like the projections have him as 130 games. Let's say he plays 150 games. Um there's definitely a chance for him at leading off there in, in Arizona to he should lead off. I'm assuming or somewhere. But do along you think that's lines. returning value? Because to me, if he's 2030, he's a first round talent. He's a top 15 player. If he's 2030. So like, so like, then why do you say 2020? Yeah. I think, it, yeah, I think I mean, it's all about, I think it's all about the power. Like Bloomfield said, the steals, they are what they are. We expect that from him. It's all about the power for me. Last year in the bigs, it stayed up over 200. Right. So. Yeah, okay. But do you, I mean, do you disagree with me? Like if he's 2030, He's a first. He's a, first, he's a like, top fifteen yeah. player. I think that's what Bobby Wood Jr. was last year, right? Yeah. So, yeah. so to be a top fifty-five, like, what does that stat line look like? Is it 
15, 15, Look 20? at Adelise Garcia last year. Okay. Adelise Garcia. Look at his number. 2020-ish type guy. Hit 240, something like that, 250. There's your there's your your mid fifties pick. Yeah, and I'm looking up adult. I think it was like twenty one twenty six. Uh, let me. It's loading here on Fangraphs. It was a twenty seven twenty five two fifty batting average. Good lord, I forgot he had a hundred and one RBI and eighty eight yeah. runs. But but he still beat that. I mean, he's going fifty now. But I think what he returned yeah. last year was above top fifty. So it was. Yeah. But like basically, what you want from Adelise Garcia is. The same thing you want from Corbin Carroll is what I'm trying to that's, say. That, okay, that's that, the guy you should compare it to. So do you both buy the 50? Because you both made compelling cases of like, here's what it is. And, and you seem like you both kind of like him. But like, do you buy drafting him 55 in the next two or three weeks, Bubba? Yes, I do. Bloomfield. Yes. Come on, Bloom. The decision you have to make is is opportunity. I mean, opportunity costs at that point. Like you you are yeah. passing on potentially your first starter. You're passing on a very scarce resource that is a reliever that has the skills and the role. So you just have to you can get Corbin Carroll type players. I'm not saying Corbin Carroll himself, um, that type of player is available a little bit later, whereas some of your your number two, number one starters and closers are not available later. That's the only hesitation I would and have. And if we're talking about limiting risk, like Bubba said, like that's your risk, right? And, and yep. you, you're pretty conservative after that, and that's an early risk. So I understand what you're talking How about. How uh, about Adolis Garcia or Corbin Carroll, Bubba? Oh, man. I've, <laughs> I've had a lot. I have a lot of Garcia. Um, I'd probably go Garcia. That's that's where the risk averse me comes in. Like I've seen it two years in a row from Adelise. That's probably where I'd be. Same deal. I've seen it twice in a row in the majors from Garcia. Again, you need to bank on that K rate from Carroll coming down in from his rookie year and the power to develop. And so, I, like I said, I've seen it from from Garcia. So I go Garcia. Okay, Bogman, <laughs> uh, Garcia. You know me. Yeah, I, know, I mean, I, I love Carroll, but uh, I'm like second highest on the planet in, in uh, for Adolis. I so. have a lot of Adolis shares. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, 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 I also would say I think if Corbin Carroll put up 12 homers, 20 stolen bases, 70, 70 with a 270 average, I think that returns value. You know, I have to go and look. Like, mm -hmm. I think yeah, you're close to return value on there because, like I said, Adolis Garcia beat a top 50 off of what he did last year. 12, 20, 70, 70 with a 270 batting average is, is a return of value. It doesn't give you upside off the value, but I think we all agree that Corbin Carroll has a potential to beat those numbers as well. I think, and also there's kind of two different questions. Like, yes, that stat line would return the value. Corbin Carroll, from a projection standpoint, we're talking 270 batting average. He's 240, 250. Uh, by most of the projection systems out there, because again, of that of that major league K rate. So um, I think there is a difference between what we think he can do, and if sure. you told us at the end of the year what that line is, yes, that line would return it. Will Carroll get there? I I don't know. There you go. What about Jacob Degrom, guys? Th this is you know we we talked uh, with Derek Cardi about him, and Cardi is very risk averse. Obviously, does you know uh, the bad X, the projection systems, and all that good stuff. But he was pining for Jacob DeGrom and saying he's kind of the cheat code because he's going a little bit later than he should because he is the best pitcher on the planet when we know he's going to throw innings. Obviously, that's the risk. When you look at ECR out of uh, 36 rankers, five have him uh, higher than 20, but five have him below 40. 
Most rankers, the 26 others, are between 20 and 40. So where do you have in Bloom? And how many times have you invested in DeGrom or have you at all? I have to to quote a wise man, I know. I would say I have zero shares of <laughs> of DeGrom. I actually kind of famously passed on DeGrom in the labor mix draft who went fell all the way to 60. Fred Zinke took yeah. DeGrom at 60 at the end of the fourth round, which even for me, I was like, man, that is tough to pass on. I have run the numbers on DeGrom for DeGrom to return value on where he's going according to my projections and i feel like i have a pretty we all have a pretty good idea of what to expect from Degrom on a per inning basis he's got to go like 150 innings and i don't think he's doing it um i think he's going like 110 120 so that answers that question it's just how many innings is it going to take i th- 150 is kind of your break even point Bob, how many how many Degrom shares do you have, if any? Uh, zero shares. Wow. Z- zero shares for me, and it sucks. Like I've gotten really close to taking the chance, but then I just go, I'll take Spencer Strider instead. That's where <laughs> I'm at. Um, at least you're taking some risk. Yeah, it, it, they're both risks. Don't get me wrong. Sure. Uh, I just I'm rooting for Jacob Degrom. I just don't want to put my money behind the rooting factor of Jacob Degrom because I just don't see how he does it. Like Bloom said. You need that 150 innings, and is he going to get there? I'd like him to. I just don't feel confident in it at all. You guys just started a fight with Welsh. Welsh, uh, you going to talk these pansies into some Jacob DeGrom here? What are we doing? Boom. I don't know if I'm going to be able to recover from you <laughs> not drafting him when he was at 60. Um, you and me both. It's a hard pill to swallow here. I would say one thing. I've kind of said this a whole bunch. is like it is... You can join the crowd and hate on Jacob deGrom, or you could be a trailblazer (laughs) and you can be a supporter of Jacob deGrom. Like our friend Derek Cardi, who said, hot take, he said this uh, a day ago, Jacob deGrom should be a first round pick in mixed leagues, which obviously is dramatic and stuff like that. But it is a very hot take. It's a very steamy hot take. But the thing around it, I think, is really interesting because the focus becomes like, okay, he's not healthy. He can't pitch. But off of 140 innings, he's already an SP1, the SP1. Like even off of that low projections, he's the best player in baseball, which builds upside on the front. Everyone's just scared out of their absolute mind. I'm going to do it. I'm going to take those risks. I'm t- going to take those shots. I actually think it's cooled a little bit because leading right up to camps, everyone was like, you know, okay, Jacob DeGrom, we're going, we're going. This happens every single year, by the way, is like DeGrom starts to like we're we're further away from the injury and we're like okay okay he is we all know he's the best pitcher and then what ultimately happens is a thing and the thing was the day camp opened when i was there he pulled something and he couldn't throw and he couldn't do this and that we are about to see him throw he's about to be in a game he has i think one more session i think it might be today as people are listening and he's gonna throw in a game and it's going to change the it's going to change the perception up where he's going to cost a little bit more, which is going to give me a problem. But ultimately, I, I just don't understand why everybody has to pass on it when he is out there. He's the best player. The only argument against Jacob deGrom is he just doesn't stay healthy. That's it, which it's a big enough argument. It's kind of what happened with Byron Buxton. I just don't think. Yeah, no, it is. It's, it's, Availability is the best ability. But like this isn't um, Lance McCullers where Lance McCullers yeah. is perpetually hurt 
and no, kind of stinky. Yeah. And, you know, he comes at like 140 and he never plays games. This is a player whose return is the best pitcher in the game. That's that's my only argument. I actually am with people with Byron Buxton. Like, you want to do Byron Buxton? He's not stealing anymore. Plays 100 games. Okay, whatever. I'm not going to like argue on it. You know, he's in the 80s. But Jacob deGrom is the best player at his position when he is out there. And I don't know why more people aren't tantalized by it, but it, the problem is, is there's always a person that's going to go really high on Jacob deGrom. I just can't, I can't fathom passing on him in the sixties, but I understand the logic behind it. I won't do it. I'm going to, I'm a, I'm a trailblazer guys. And I want deGrom this year, but I'm in yep. leagues with Welsh. So uh, he's just well, a little well, higher on it. Established the Welsh is a gambling man. So it's okay. <laughs> yeah, just to make, just to make you feel better about my money this Welsh in, in the league that I did pass on, he went at 60. So I passed on him in the fifties. There's unlimited okay. IL spots. So he's not even taking a, uh, I was roasting Bloomfield to take him. Like, I'd take him at those ADPs. I'm not taking him at like the two, like in the early second round. I want, yeah. uh, there was a point in this offseason, I did not publish it. I had Jacob DeGrom as my number one overall pitcher. So but happened? then I was like, yeah, it, I didn't, <laughs> and I was like, okay, we're, let's work through this in here. Like, I want to have him in that range, but I'm sane about it. I don't want to have the crazy cost in it. I just feel like it, it's, it's, it's a similar argument to like O'Neill Cruz. Like O'Neill Cruz, like, do you guys think that um, O'Neill Cruz is a massive pass at, let's call it, what, what is his stupid ADP right now? O'Neill Cruz's ADP is 75 on Fantasy Pro's consensus right now. Do you think O'Neill Cruz is a pass at 70, Bloomfield? No, I don't think he is. I think that's that's a fine pick. There, there, there are very few, if any, position players with the power speed ceiling that Cruz has and with I projections mean, that put him as a first round player when we yeah. saw the like when Steamer came out and stuff like that. But he has he has different warts, but they're warts of the same size. Uh, he has huge, massive strikeout and swing and home issue, issues in his game that we are building a lot off of a month. Yet that type, I, and I, I don't, I don't know why I'm turning this into like a big defending Jacob Degrom because he's going to get hurt and everyone's going to tweet it. <laughs> because we know like why. That. We we know he's going to do it. But it, <laughs> but that's my thing is it's the picking and choosing of of the the, the these guys have these huge warts and we're like, well, that one's not a problem, but this it's one green. looks a little cancerous. This one looks a little bit of a problem. And Jacob Degrom is the biggest one. Yet he is the only guy of all of the warts out there that can return the most value. The most he, he, he the the floor is, is is so far i i understand avoiding him i get it uh but i mean we saw him pitch at the end of last year yes he had the little thing uh to start spring but if he throws in spring and, and he's you know on track to start i am more than fine uh taking Degrom, and you know maybe it's holding on by a string but uh like yeah. you said you get it just a, like you get okay. yeah exactly but you get maybe. 140 innings out of that ucl uh, and you're in a row. I'll take the under right now, Boggs. Yeah. And the fair thing, I mean, I remember Ariel said it last year. He's like, I'm a huge pass and stuff like that. And, and I get it. I totally get it. And there, there's a bigger thing. Like, you know, and I have talked about the, um, it, it's just that athleticism curve of what happens and changes in your body as you get older. Cause I look at Jacob DeGrom and I go, man, there's three year stretch where he's putting up 200 plus innings, but there's also a clear line of dude hits 30 years old and things start falling apart. And we can all relate to that. And that's the question is like, is this the longstanding falling knife or will it break at some point? And new team, new context, I suppose, new regimen working with Mike Maddox and Greg Maddox uh, out here in camps and stuff like that. Can those things be a positive turn for literally the best pitcher in baseball? 
it's to be seen and it's a massive risk. I guess I'm just always so confused at the lack of, um, I don't know, swinging for the fences that happens in the fantasy industry right now. And I feel like he is, he's the biggest power swing possible and nobody wants to do it except me and Bogman and a bunch of dumb idiots. <laughs> and he's going to get hurt. And then it's going to be like ITL, LOL, LOL. So, okay. But, but wait, I feel like, Bob, I feel like you don't hate him as much as Bloomfield or you're just a gaslighter and you don't want, you would never do it. But you want other people to do it. I feel like you're gaslighting. Not me. Um, <laughs> oh, it's a, it's a price thing. Like I said, I'm good with it. Like round, like we're, I, I was literally on the live stream. Bloomfield, take him, take him. Like it's round four. You were, take, you were. And uh, I ignored you. I it, muted yeah. you. Yeah, it, it's, it's like a score. Okay, you know what? Yeah. Game but, time. Uh, game time. What? We're doing this. Hold on. This is game time. We're going to play a game of chicken, and the chicken is going to be Jacob Degrom innings. The projections. Mm-hmm. I'm going to set the stage for. Know. I'm going to give everybody the stats here. Uh, ATC and the bat are the same 143 innings. Jacob deGrom had 64 innings last year, 92 in 2021, 68 in 2020 in the shortened COVID year. It's a full that 200. A good, that's a good run of longevity. There. Uh, 2020 I mean, year is a good, that's a full C. He made 12 starts. I, that's, that's full. Before that, 2017 through 19, over 200 plus innings on both of those. So that's your baseline of what you're going with Jacob deGrom. I'm going to open up at 80 innings pitched we're playing chicken going for does anybody will anybody go 90 90 i'll go go 90 yeah okay we all go 90 100 who's joining me on 100 yep Yep. okay 110 i'll go 110 i have my number okay 120 yep yeah yep Uh oh oh Mm -hmm. (laughs) starting to worry me a little bit all right 130 nope yep all right. I mean, if you, I was going to pounce on both of you, if you said 130 and you weren't going to do that, that is where I'm going to pounce. Okay. So what? It's 125. 120. You guys are at 120. Exactly. I've got them 120. So, okay. So I could have so, said no at 120, I guess. Bloomfield but. and Bubba are essentially are saying that Ariel Cohen is an idiot, that Derek Carty is an idiot. <laughs> I would like this to be on. Speaking of gaslighting, by the way, talk, yeah. the worst thing ever. Who has said Derek Carty is trash and Bloomfield Hashtag says ITL that. Hashtag ITL by the Patreon. Garbage. They hate all you, projections. You first. <laughs> I'm just, all right. I just, uh, I just awesome. wanted to do all that. Keep I, it on that, the show. Keep it on the show. The guys I, love me. It's okay. Speaking of gaslighting. Speaking of yeah, gaslighting. Yeah. I'm pretty good at that. Bogman knows. I might be, I might be the number one gaslighter on the planet. Would you say that, Bogs? <laughs> I, you're not sneaky. You think you're sneaky and you're not. I <laughs> no, think that, that's I didn't fine. say I was sneaky. I said, I'm yeah, bad. yeah, I know. I know. I said, sometimes you think you're sneaky at all. No, so, I'm just saying, uh, that's all right. Let's move on. Quit talking uh, about Jacob DeGrom. Yeah, let's go. Yeah, we, yeah, we, we did that. Room. Well, I, th- I think it's important discussion. That's why we want to talk about a few of these guys here. It's very important to kind of gauge on where people should be at it. He's the ultimate risk. And, and I is in all of the risks that I will take in Corbin Carroll, O'Neill Cruz, uh, if boxing on them, I will 100% not stack them and I will balance it out. Yeah. You just have to figure out what is the point of risk that you want to take. Is it O'Neill Cruz? Is it a Jacob DeGrom? Uh, no. Are we going in a risk bucks tangent here? Yeah. So maybe. how many risk yeah. bucks? I don't want to do it. Let's go. Let's talk I about did take, I did take Carolyn O'Neill Cruz both in uh, TGFBI though. I have the wildest <laughs> team in there. <laughs> what a shock. I'm going to be at the bottom of the projection. I'll be at the top. Uh, let's talk about another risky ish guy. I suppose Bobby Witt ECR and fantasy pros is 18 which uh, is also his Yahoo ADP, but in NFBC, he was going as high as eight. It's all over the board. CBS 21, Fantrax 29. He's a not three-round pick in points leagues, as many will tell you. He becomes a wheel pick here and there. 
Uh, we talked about it with John Legaza, and really, I think this comes down to: Do you believe in positive uh, progression for Bobby Witt, do you, or is there a sophomore slump on the plane here? So, Bloomfield, what's your take on Bobby Witt right now? Because it's kind of like the Degrom stuff. It doesn't seem like a lot of people are willing to say that uh, Bobby Bobby Witt can get better, and that's what's leading a lot of people to have him as a bust or not be willing to take him as a first round player. But in his rookie season, he was like a 2030 guy, which is first round talent. So where do you think Bobby Witt belongs ultimately? Um, I think he's like a top, I don't know, 15, maybe overall hitter. I, I do think I mean, Bobby Witt did improve, especially in the second half. Like the K, he made a lot more contact, uh, ran all the time. So, I mean, there is that. There's obviously something to be said, like John L would say that, you know, this is an age 22 guy that we saw last season. I'm kind of speaking to the choir Welsh with you here. I think for me, it's just, I mean, similar to kind of the, the Carol thing, it's just the guys you're passing on. For me, I'd rather take like a Mookie Betts, a Vlad Guerrero Jr., a Bo Bichette, Freddie Freeman. I just want that that track record in the first round. And that's just the way that I've always drafted and, and the way I would. But uh, I certainly like the power can absolutely, I mean, that's probably the biggest stroke against Bobby Witt is like you look at the stack cast power numbers and that sort of thing. It didn't look that great, but yes, he could obviously grow into that. This was a 22 year old seeing major league pitching for the first time. Uh, but just for me, it's just like the names you're passing on. I just think are a lot more safer in the first round. A lot of those agree. And I'm going to put a pin in one. I want to come back to. So Bubba, what do you think the sweet spot for Bobby Witt is? And do you think, that he can improve because that is the ultimate question to his fantasy value. I don't think we have to question like, is it better to take Mookie Betts or Bobby Witt Jr.? I think Mookie Betts 10 out of 10 times I'm going to take over him, even though there's a little positional stuff that goes on with Bobby Witt. And even though Mookie Betts is going to play some second base, you could have those arguments, but like Mookie Betts is a safer, better player. But where do you think the sweet spot is? And, you know, is he going to improve in your eyes? Yeah, he should. I, I think he will. His batting average should come back up. Uh, he should, hopefully starts walking more like he did in the minors. The power is legit. Um, it's just a comfort thing. I think in the bigs, we saw it kind of slow down a bit in the second half, but they're going to let him run wild. And I think he's got the 25 to 30 home. Like he could be a 30 30 dude. And so I think there's a lot to like there. It's just a matter do you want to take the guy on his first season coming into a sophomore year or the steady thing like Bloomfield said? I like to compare him a lot to Boba Shett. I think they're a very similar ball player. And but Bichette's got a couple picks after him, so obviously different positions technically, but a lot of similar like profile skills. If you like Bichette, why wouldn't you like uh, Bobby Witt type situation? At the same time, if you think O'Neill Cruz can maybe hit for a little bit better average, why not wait and take O'Neill Cruz if you if you want something like that? So this just I think the what Bobby Witt brings to the table at his position potentially you can get elsewhere if that makes sense uh, and other profiles. Uh, but at I third think base, he, well, not a technical. I'm thinking if he's playing these third base shortstop, if you're drafting him for shortstop, if you're drafting him for third base, that's the only reason why he's going that high. I know a lot of guys are yeah, using the Machado argument, but you won't get the steals from Machado. So, um, your, your, your initial question, yes, I think he can out, he can improve on the situation. Secondly, I'd rather take more of a sure thing in the early rounds, take my risk later. So, you did, you a, doing, did, did you give a number? Did you give a number by the way? Was it like 15, 20, like what's his sweet spot? I don't know. I said he could be, oh, for draft. I think he's yeah, like more what's of his a, number? I, in the last week, he's got anywhere between seven and 17. I think 15 to 20 is probably safe. I think um, I'd be more comfortable taking him in the middle of the second round, like a 15 teamer. That makes me feel better. Like after I, I like, we, we had someone in the last mock stack, Witt and Freeman 
at like the 12, yes. 13. And I think that is perfect. Like you and, have the highest floor player in the league and probably Freddie Freeman along with your risk with Bobby Witt at the top. I think that's a great stack. That's the prettiest transition that you've ever done as well, because my question was going to be centered around Bobby Witt and Freddie Freeman. That was the pen I wanted to take because I think there's a secondary big question that we can have, and it's about stolen bases. Um, you know, that's the big thing we're all wondering is what there's going to be an uptick. Okay, cool. Where is that uptick going to lie? Okay. We have to kind of battle that. And where do you want to draft them? And I think that's a big question. You, I agree. Freddie Freeman, like I want to have on teams and I love the wit and Freeman stack, but if you have to decide between them, you are sacrificing the stolen bases. Even though Freeman stole a few la last year, you're sacrificing the stolen bases. It's probably a net wash on homers. You're going to get better run in RBI with Freddie Freeman and batting average. So let's just, let's just for argument's sake, say that Freddie Freeman gets three of the five categories, but that one category is dramatically in favor of Bobby Witt that do you not prioritize Bloomfield, the stolen bases early on in drafts with a guy like Bobby Witt at a premium position? You don't get those stolen bases at third base except for two players. Do you prioritize getting those stolen bases? I know you don't because you said you want Freeman over him, but like, does that come into play when you're considering both of those players, the safety of Freeman versus the huge, huge steal advantage in Bobby Witt at a bad position? I, I don't even know. So I'll push back. Like, I don't even know if this, yes, the steal advantage is big, but Freddie Freeman did steal 13 bases last year. Yeah. Uh, and in 2022, that could be 15 to 20. I mean, we don't really know, but I would also say, yes, I'll give you that wit has a, as a, as a, as a big advantage in steals. I think Freddie Freeman has just as massive a, a, an advantage in batting average. I think Freddie Freeman has 50 points of batting average on Bobby Witt, which is just massive and then runs an RBI in that lineup. So I think Freddie Freeman has, and I'll give you power is probably a wash. I think three categories of a major advantage over Witt compared to just one that Witt has over Freeman. I, I, I'm I would, not thinking too hard about it. I would also put large amount of money that he does not steal 13 bases or higher this year. A 33. <laughs> I would put the most amount of money I could find that he does not repeat his stolen base number uh, this coming year. Even but, with the new rules, even with no, uh, 80% or whatever up. I mean, I think, I think that's all a lot of the pitchers still adjusting to everything. And I think nothing's good. Not going to steal. Just right. yeah, throw, I know. You, I know. you get older and stuff like that. Um, okay. So Bubba, same thing. It's like the prioritization of stolen bases. We know they're going to come up. Everyone doesn't know. Is it going to come from the middle? Is it going to come from the top end guys? That's a big question. At the end of the day, we still need them. So like, you know, Bobby Witt is in that mid second round. Freddie Freeman is safer, but what's, what's the angle of Freddie Freeman versus Bobby Witt, especially considering those stolen bases? Well, the batting average is tremendous. Like Bloom said, that's like a big, big deal. Cause you can't find batting average as often the farther down the draft you go, you can find stolen bases. And that's one thing I feel a lot more comfortable in. And it's like, we're, we're saying yes, at a position like third base, but we should be drafting statistics, not positions per se. You need the, the end game. So if you take the Freddie Freeman of the world early, get the stolen bases later, it doesn't matter what position you're technically going for at that, that time of, of the situation. So I think that's the thing that's getting get with the most. It's nothing against Wit. If you want to take Wit early, I don't have a problem with it. I think he's a really, really good ball player. He's going to have a great return. But I want that, like a Freddie Freeman batting average with, I think he's back to the 30-plus home run dude type guy. I, I think there's a lot to like there with Freddie Freeman. Yeah, the, so the interesting thing, though, drafting, drafting the stats. Bobby Witt is drafting a stat, too. Also, I don't recall the last time I ever saw a rookie into a sophomore year 
have essentially four of the five categories projected better. I don't recall seeing that in years past. Uh, the Bat X has every single category, but stolen bases improving, and the stolen bases only like going down. Guys. Yeah. I know that's that's yeah. kind of like yeah, a that's point a good point. So, yeah, yeah, it's, it's just an interesting thing when we talk about the deficiencies between the two. That yet he improves in every single category. Uh, it's it's fun conversation about Bobby Wick, but if you can get him on like a wheel spot, I think it's a really good one. All right, so those are some player uh, conversations. We've got a couple like uh, positional things, and then we're going to get to some player debates. So that's you, Box. Yeah, I just want to know, um, and you guys kind of talked about it with shortstop earlier. Uh, Welsh and I have just kind of noticed like in a five outfielder league, man, outfield gets thin quick third base is top heavy. And then it seems to fall off and we don't particularly like second either. You guys don't like short, like it, it is you, you said Bubba just a minute ago, you know, we should be taking statistics and not positions, but some of these positions are thinning out. So are there any that you are prioritizing? Uh, maybe not at the top, the very top, cause you just want the best players there but quicker than you normally would. It's usually outfield in a five outfielder league. I want to get like, I want to leave pretty early. Um, I don't want to take all five outfielders in the first 10 rounds, but like I, uh, I, I want to get like two or three for sure. <laughs> That's why I have a, like a lot of a Rosarena, a lot of Adelise Garcia's, a lot of that like Kyle Tucker's of the world. Uh, and that gives me power and speed. That gives me statistics that allows me if I miss out on the shortstop or the third base, I'm not like drowning in the situation have you found yourself like in your drafts where you keep missing something uh it's obviously not outfielders since you like them do you keep missing on third base or relievers or anything else it would be usually third base or second base third or second um, like I, I like some of the deep second bases but they're not the sexiest like I'll, I'll i'll roll with colton wong you don't want to roll with colton wong but i'll roll with them type thing yeah um those are the ty- types of things you can miss out on in the grand scheme of things but if you're building the right setup, your team can still be just fine. I danced with Colton Wong a couple times. Hasn't worked out for me yet. Yeah, so, uh, Bloom, same question. Uh, is there a certain position uh, that you think is thin? And uh, in your drafts, how does it work for you? So two things. Uh, shortstop first. If you don't get a short, like a top, if you're in a 15-team league, you don't get like a top 15, 16 shortstop, you're looking at, and we can debate the names, whatever. You're looking at guys like Javi Baez, Thayer Estrada, CJ Abrams, Bryson Stott, Ezekiel Tovar. We're so ingrained into thinking shortstop is deep. And as I just found out in Tout Wars, it is not. The other position that I would say that I've been struggling with is when the heck to get that second reliever. I have been pretty adamant about grabbing a, a you know, quote-unquote safe reliever in the first five rounds. I've done that in a lot of my drafts in the top like 60 picks, 75 picks. I don't know when to go back to that well for the second reliever because it is it is murky out there. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, you know, it's really funny, too. When you're talking, like, the, the closure situation in general, I buy with. But the, the shortstop one... I've been on a little bit of a tear the last two weeks uh, on fantasy pro specifically talking about this, that like, not only like I'm going to double down on what you said, 
I think people are getting too comfortable with, hey, shortstop so deep. Not only do I not necessarily agree with that, I actually don't think it's 15. Like we we can come up with names that we're okay with. We can get the Jeremy Pena's and stuff. But I actually really think when you end up looking at shortstop, I think there's a lot of volatility because you're going to sit there and you're going to be like, hey, I'm comfortable. Uh, you know, it's all good. I'm going to get Correa later. I'm going to get, hey, Tim Anderson. But those guys are not safe. Tim Anderson is is as injury prone as any of these guys we've been talking about. He's the Byron Bucks in the shortstops. He produces when he's out there, but he doesn't play games. I think Dansby Swanson could be in line for some regression. Carlos Correa is an injury risk. So at the end of the day, it might be like 10 shortstops deep or nine or something like that. So I completely agree with what you're talking about. Because even like second base, I can find some guys later and you'll still find shortstops, but to get like the good ones. And that might be the weird thing that happens Bloomfield in drafts this year is everyone's like, oh, I got all everyone's got the shortstops. But the guys that have the ones that really lock in and are there consistently producing, that is going to be something that's going to stand out just because everybody has built their roster kind of across the board similarly. Yeah, I've been I've been saying everywhere like I want a top 12 shortstop in my rankings. That's kind of been my deal. So I'm not saying I have to take one early, but like there's you know, tiers of drafting or whatever you want to call it. That, uh, lead, lead that last that. tier is the OS tier. OS. Yep, I better yep. get one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that was, that was me about two hours ago. <laughs> yep. Who is your OS shortstop, by the way? For me? Yeah. It's like the Willie Adamas, Jeremy Pages of the world. Like if I miss out on that, I'll, I'll take Thyro Estrada. But I, I want that to be like my middle infielder or my second baseman, potentially. Not my shortstop, if that makes sense. I think sense. Willie Adamas might be my OS shortstop. I uh, love, I love your, Who's Adamas. your OS shortstop? Yeah. I'm Ed Rosario. Oh God, that's a real. <laughs> you really went down that route. I'll go down okay, a little I mean, further. I get, I get it. He was a big breakout for me. All right, uh, on the same thing, then let's wrap up. That is uh, starting pitchers. What is the approach? You guys didn't single out starting pitching, though. I do think it can get uh, pretty wonky after that. Like thirty, you find fun names and stuff Just like murky that. But if you're looking middle. for cons- yeah, but if you're looking for consistency, um, what is the overall approach? And Bloomfield, we'll start with you on starting pitchers like where do you want them um we have a lot of people i think in the industry that not only don't want to take them because of the hitters but everyone's very comfortable with their evaluations of pitching that are going to wait you specifically are someone that puts out these fantastic uh bloom boards that people can check out and you know you always have the i actually mark when i do my notes and stuff when you do those i'll like save one and i'll attach it to a player's note so when i go back because you, you always find really interesting things but you find fun stats about players that make you comfortable in later rounds that I just feel like pitching as a as a whole is actually being pushed down because no one wants to take them. So what is your approach to starting pitching drafting uh, this year? My approach has been to avoid, avoid the void, the middle rounds with starting pitching. I just don't like that type of pitcher that is there. So what I've been doing in a lot of my drafts is two or even three starting pitchers in like even the first six rounds. And then I'm waiting to like 15th round. I'm talking 15 team leagues here, but um, because I do like it, maybe this is the, maybe this is the bloom boards talking, but I just like a lot of late starting pitchers that have some skills that you can kind of get earlier in the draft. So my pretty much tried and true. Well, we'll see if it's tried and true. The one that I've it's going right. to. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it may, very well may not be is to uh, get some pitching early and then pretty much avoid it until later on. And, do you have and, like and an example of like that? one or the two we'll give you can just throw out whatever but like one or two of the top names that you try to get and then you wait and then one or two of those bottom names that you're waiting for yeah so, usually I, two of like I, strider nola woodruff um sexy those types of guys 
and then going all the way down, maybe grabbing one of like a Christian Javier, Max Fried, Zach Gallen, Tristan McKenzie, but then not really touching it again. I like Lance Lynn around like 150, not really touching it again until we get to like Charlie Morton, your Rays, uh, Jordan Montgomery, uh, Rays. I mean, Jeffrey Springs, Drew Rasmussen, Jordan Montgomery, Brady Singer. So like there's a big gap in between those tiers. So that's, yeah, that's you kind of like, where I've you- been done. You might even be giving like yourself a hundred spot gap. Yeah. It might sound yes. like between like the sixties <laughs> oh, yeah. and one sixty. I have drafted six rounds in a row of hitters before. Yeah. So Bubba, rounds. same thing. Your your approach uh, to starting pitching, and then uh, I'll probably ask you examples if you're, uh, you know, if you have a specific like Bob uh, COVID. I guess the the good and the bad of doing a show with someone as often as we do, and you guys understand this, is we have a lot of similar thoughts on this one because we had a slew of episodes like over a month in a row where we did. ADP to 100 through 150, 150 through 200. And we like broke down all of them. You can see the pockets of positions and statistics. And there was a window. Like I like starting pitchers between zero and a hundred, but from like a hundred to 200, almost it's at least a hundred to 175 or whatever. It's not pretty. And then like Ryan said, you got your groove again. We got like your Cobbs, your Tyler Anderson's. He, he mentioned a bunch of the guys as well. Like, that you, you can start to target that you kind of feel war- a little warmer and fuzzy, or at least you don't see a big difference between the guy from like 175 to 250 that you saw from 100 to 175. A lot of similarities there where you could take the bats here because there's a big difference later on in the hitting department. Like maybe you get three or four category guys up here compared to when you're around pick 200 and 250, two to three category players. And that that's where your, your difference is and uh, the approach goes. So I'm a lot like Bloomfield in that regard. And, um, it's just are you the same thing as like two pitchers in the top like five or yeah. six rounds and then wait and then do the big gap wait basically if i say top 10 picks okay um i'll try to have three starters probably in a closer, a closer give or take yeah. okay so g- give me what what are your choices uh, i love i love nola woodruff like somehow ryan and i are on that same page like we're both very very high on nola woodruff um I, I'm, I'm getting there on um like a, a rodon i know we both like gossman quite a bit uh, so that kind of window, like if you look at the top, like 60 or 70 picks, we'd like to, I know he, I'm not going to speak for Ryan, but there's, we, we'd like to leave that area with our three pitchers probably more often. Okay. Than that. All right. Perfect. I love it. That, that's a really great breakdown from both of you guys. And uh, people should really pay attention because I think that is a pretty tried and true strategy. I've done something relatively similar. There's a few pitchers in that middle. There are a few, we, like we're not discounting it, but it's like, it's well, got to kind of fall to that. Like situation. Javier was kind of almost in that yeah. middle. And, no, and I have this like little going. window. Musgrove did live there for a time and um, I'll take a discount yep. maybe later, but oh, I'm taking like, a discount on Musgrove already. Don't yeah, you worry about Javier that. gallon. Like I really liked living in that area, maybe Castillo, but then I kind of like want to fade and I don't really touch a lot of that pitching. I'm even though I like like, you know, Hunter Green is, I don't really get those guys. Like and then Charlie Morton. Have volatility with like Rasmussen and Springs, if you want. Like given Ladolo and Green's probably better, but the volatility to me is like your risk yeah. reward is very similar. Uh, specifically, Springs and Morton might be my two biggest like SP, probably, I guess it would be like three, four, four, five in an ideal situation. I have to have those two. And that's okay. definitely built around how I'm trying to do all, almost all of my teams. And Bloomfield, you look like you agree with me on that Spe- one. Speaking of the choir, man, we're, we're either going down with a ship together or, uh, <laughs> or riding it to glory because I absolutely agree. Yeah, Bass, Jeffrey, another guy that comes up on your boards all the time, uh, Bloom. So I know, I know you're a Bassett guy too. Can we all pitch in and buy Joe Musgrove like some steel-toed boots? 
I got some wish. in my office right now. If that you want being some. passive aggressive, if we Don't send talk them to those, me. You know. is there any worry though about Bassett? Bassett had the velo drop in spring. He said, he's he's doing the Zach Granke apparently. He's a veteran that's coming Laying in and off, slow yeah. playing it. That's that's the rumor on the street. I kind of half believe it because he's a veteran. So uh, mm, he's been around. That's weird. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. This is a quick one before we get to a couple player debates here. You guys are holding tight. Uh, biggest breakout hitter and biggest breakout pitcher. Bebe. We start with you. Your biggest breakout pitcher. No pressure. Second. No one's going to judge breakout you. Breakout hitter. Only the two <laughs> players that you're attached to. The athletic <laughs> did this to me. I had like literally like just start, I was doing the football show and then they're like, hey, you're going to do the Tuesdays and stuff. And then before I even was on the Tuesday shows, Seeley hits me up. He's like, hey, I need your biggest breakout hitter and pitcher. And it's going in the draft guide. And I was like, oh, God, well, okay. I, did, I did Jeffrey Springs as my pitcher. Um, <laughs> there we go. But you're only going to be attached to these names specifically the whole time. Well, so I gave you enough time here. I don't know. I don't know if it's technically a breakout hitter, but I will go with Rowdy Telez. Uh, oh, are you kidding me? Yeah, oh, look at that. That's <laughs> nice. I, I think we get back to the 260-ish, 270 hitter potentially. Um, and maybe we get the 45-ish. And you know, he, he's one of the few guys I wouldn't be shocked if they ever hit 50 home runs. I'm not saying he's going to, but I think it's a big, big year for Rowdy Rowdy Thelez yeah. in uh, Milwaukee. And then if you're talking pitcher, ooh, this is a this is trickier. Um, I won't take one of Ryan's rays. That's fine. Um, oh, this might be one he's gonna pick. Um, I'll let Ryan pick the pitcher first. I don't want. I don't want to take both guys from him. <laughs> all right, go, go with your pitcher, Bloom. Aaron Savali for me. Okay, I'm just all good. Aaron Savali. Good. I the the he he finished the season very strong the last ten starts after he was injured, and it coincided with a pitch mix, and that's kind of like a pitch mix change, and that's kind of like my tried and true. If I see a change in skills with a change in approach, I tend to believe that more. Cleveland has plenty of track record with their starting pitchers lately. So Savali is my guy. The price is very cheap. Um, okay, so now we we flip back to Bubba for hitter. Snake we'll in this thing? To, yeah, we're, it's a snake draft. Yeah, here, so Bubba, yeah. uh, or I guess it's what? not a snake. I guess it's it, a it's just a normal pitcher uh, for Bubba now. Who's yeah, your so pitcher? Bubba, your pitcher. Yeah, my, my pitcher, I didn't know if he, I, I, I had him between Savali and another guy. So I'm like, I'll let him go. I'm going Jose Suarez of the angels Ooh. it's a guy we've talked about a lot uh, i have had an angels preview show really hype him up since after the all-star break made 11 starts 281 era 341 xfib uh pretty strong numbers in that regard and, and more importantly to me is he kept the walks down to four percent in the second half 18.1 uh, percent k to walk which is really really good to see from this young arm and there's a lot of uh hype in the uh angel system that he could take that next step and like be a better than a patrick sandoval Type guy like he could be the next dude in there behind um Shohei Otani. So I think Suarez could take a, a big bump this year. Oh, Bubba, I love that name. Good. I, I love your attachment to those. Okay. So Bloomfield, now this is your hitter. Uh, my hitter, I will go. Oh, this is not Rowdy Telez. It won't no, be Rowdy, <laughs> unfortunately. I will go, and this is maybe like a re breakout, but I'm going to go Chris Taylor. I just think Ooh, he's going let's to get. Go, I think on a on a per at bat basis, he's fantastic. Health is a key. Playing time, I don't even know if that is much of a key. I think Chris Taylor is going to play the Dodgers, and you guys probably love to hear this. Our, that lineup is not very deep. That's not the Dodger deep lineup that we have grown accustomed to in recent years. Chris Taylor has multiple paths to playing time. He's going outside the top three hundred, right around three hundred, I think. 
second base outfield eligible, um, has shown the ability to be good power speed in the majors in the past. And so all that kind of lines up together for me, for, uh, for Chris Taylor. I don't like to root for a Dodger, but that is one Dodger that I've been on for a while. So I am happy to hear you say that, Bloom. All right, gentlemen, this takes us to the final session of Draft Forum here. Our favorite. It's player debate time. We have got some player debates for you, gentlemen. We got three of them. They're a little bit of hybrid. I think uh, Bob, actually, Bogman put together two of these. I flipped up one and I'm very excited about it. And I'm going to set the stage for this first one because we got to talk about buzzy players in Draft Forum. And if you're not talking about Corbin Carroll on the buzz, you're talking about Jordan Walker. Jordan Walker has been taking spring by storm because he's smashing homers, starting in right field. Cardinals say, ah, Tyler O'Neill, let's see what you got in center field before everything starts off. That's convenient. How convenient that whole thing uh, is. But Jordan Walker is not guaranteed anything. But I took a look at March 1st Draft Champions Leagues, and there's five leagues in Draft Champions since March 1st on NFBC. Jordan Walker, my friends, has an ADP of 160. He has moved up. Bogman, you know, I said this uh, here a while ago. I had him in the 180s. And there's no chance he's going to stick in that 250 range that he had. So the player debate here is going to be, because Jordan Walker qualifies at uh, third base, against another corner infielder, Jose Miranda, who has a lower ADP than Jordan Walker now. At 177, qualifies at first, qualifies at third. Had a little injury thingy, and then smacked a couple homers the other day. I love both of these players. I believe Jose Miranda is what I call a glue player. He just works in every piece of your team. He makes your team better overall, and there's still plenty of breakout potential. But Jordan Walker is now going higher with the big buzz. So Ryan Bloomfield, player debate number one, Jordan Walker with that 160 March NFBC ADP or Jose Miranda, what say you? I'm going Jordan Walker. And, and the the general like theme of how I draft, I mentioned is very conservative up top, but like, once I get outside the top 100, 150, I want to take those shots. And um, you're, I totally agree on Miranda being like a glue guy. Like he is, I, I think, pretty stable in terms of playing time and what we saw from the skills last year. I just think you you need to start taking some shots in drafts at this point. And Jordan Walker, like, I don't know if you agree with this, disagree, whatever, but Bubba and I were talking about this on our last show. Like this just feels like the Julio Rodriguez ascent that we saw last spring where like dude cannot – miss in spring and just gets a job and i'm not saying he's going to be julio but um just i don't know um i I just love the ceiling i have said those words uh many too too many times this uh off season that i i worry and i try to put the caveat to many people to say like i'm not saying he's going to be julio but boy does it smell of what julio did last year same game to 19 homers 22 still well we didn't even know the the speed was going to be at that level with julio uh, prior to him coming up, we know that game is there with Jordan Walker and the athleticism. The question and the only difference is Julio mid-February, we got the uh, commitment from the Mariners. They said we're starting him. It's you know mi- getting close to mid-March, uh, and we don't have any commitment from the Cardinals. We only have just these little tea leaves they've given us by like moving Tyler O'Neill off and his awesome success. So same thing, Bubba, it comes back to you. Do you agree Jordan Walker was not even remotely close to sniffing Jose Miranda before, but yet since March has started, he's going higher. What would you pick for your team, Miranda or Jordan Walker? Uh, Jordan Walker every single time. I've uh, I haven't been like I wasn't on Jordan Walker in like January, but I I've gotten on him now. I took him in tout a week ago. I started to to focus on him in drafts. I have not been on Miranda at all. 
I think Miranda's a decent batting average guy with a little bit of pop where, as Ryan said, if you want to play ceiling here, it's like a legit 2020 type dude at this point in the draft. And I think he's going to get a spot. It's going to be hard because the Cardinals have so many guys in the WBC. So, of course, Walker's going to play every single game in the middle of the order every single game. But uh, I think if he keeps hitting, it's going to be hard to, to keep him out of there. So it's Jordan Walker for me, and it's really not that close for me at least. That's fascinating. I got to know, Welsh, where where would Jordan Walker's price have to be? I'm Jordan Walker, too, by the way. And it's Walsh. Oh, yeah, I was going to ask you. But, you were next up. So you're, you're just – I don't have him in my Walker rankings that high, but I, I've moved him up every single time I've seen him. In the next – you know, my next update, I will have him ahead of Miranda. But uh, where where does Jordan Walker – where does his price have to rise for you to say, I can't take him there? What Like, what's the cost? Uh, see, that the only problem with that is I, I – Think it's it attached. could change in a week. Yeah, see, it's, a, it's attached to the big question of does he make the opening roster? Because I said this before. I mean, if it if, started today, he's on the team. We know if that. he yeah. is, if the team says he's making the opening day roster, he's inside the top 100 yeah, and easily, easily. there's not going to be any argument. Yeah, there's no argument to it. Yeah. It's an easy top 100. Like I take him over Jake McCarthy right now. End of story. Yeah, end of story. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I completely agree with that one too. Yeah. I would. I actually think he could push 75. I think like yeah. after Gunner, People would be like, oh, I got to pivot to Jordan Walker. Like Brian Reynolds or Jordan Walker if Walker's starting. Oh, but see, you, you know, the only thing with that starting. is like maybe it's a tiny caveat to like the team that I put together. If I'm a little, if I took like my O'Neill, well, that's, I think risky. that's like the window of where he'd go type thing. I think no, I have a hundred question by the end of spring. I think that's where, yeah, roughly right now, Walker's Brian Reynolds to. got like a 92 ADP. Like that's a legit conversation yeah. I think. okay good i was just about to look like where is he like that's so right he'll in the only range. be somewhat of a deal for the next two weeks because Byron it looks Buxton like he's jordan walker it. i mean if jordan walker's given the opportunity i'd probably go with walker too because also the sneak the sneaky game is that he qualifies at third yet he will not play it because he's going to yeah. be playing right field yeah. that's the sneakiness with it um sneaky, sneaky. And, and that's where he pushes okay so here's the the real thing to your question you said Ooh, i got one where Okay, no, no, do that, and then I'll move on. What, what do you got? George Springer or Jordan Walker? Mm, see, George, yeah, I think it would be easy, George Springer, for a lot of people, but I'm not, I'm not, not super easy big on George. Yeah, yeah, I'm not as big as calling timeout. George Springer. It's getting ridiculous. So we're between 70 and 85, basically, is what we ended up. How about this? How about this one? Jordan Walker, O'Neill Cruz. O'Neill Cruz at 75. Jordan sure. Walker or him? Which side? Ooh. Position L. Position goes to Jordan, go Jordan Walker. Walker honestly, but stuff. You would go Jordan Walker? What uh, Bloomfield? Disagree with your I'd partner? Probably go Cruz. Yeah, there I think I'd go. go Cruz. I think we're getting we're getting a little little out of hand here with the Walker hype. I think I still would go Walker. Uh, much better wow. lineup. You know. All right. But, uh, I. Yep. That's true. Yeah. Much yep. better lineup. Especially if you're sitting towards the top of that bad boy. Ooh, yeah. Goldie so, and Arenado in there. Let's come back to the question you actually asked is if they don't give us it, we're going to get it at some point, but in the next two weeks, if we're not giving it, what's the point right now in the situation we know of Jordan Walker right now, that's too high. And I think it's around like one. I'd take around a hundred, honestly. Yeah, may, yeah. I mean, the positive is that he's probably not down there for long, nope. but like I was having this conversation with Vlad Sedler about uh, Brandon Fott and uh, in, in the DMs. We were talking about him and I've talked about, I was uh, with someone else as well. If Brandon Fott is sent down, it's only for the month. Oh, it was James Anderson. Me and James were doing on rates and barrels. If Brandon Fott is sent down to the minors and doesn't break the roster, it's not more for the month. The guy pitched over 160 innings at AAA, uh, in AA, AAA with the Diamondbacks. 
the innings aren't a question. The workload is not a question. I really don't. I, he's more talented than Ryan Nelson. In the, so how long is he truly down there? So to take Brandon Fott, even if he doesn't make the roster, you're all good. I think you're golden. Don't worry about it because it'll be soon. The same thing could be said about Jordan Walker. How long would they put him down there? The only argument you have is he did not hit AAA last year. He played in the Arizona Fall League, hit AA. How much seasoning would they give him? Worst case scenario is six weeks. What we've been talking about doesn't help with Justin Turner's taking a ball to his face, but is take like a Justin Turner. When you when you were able to take Jordan Walker at like one, you know, 80 or 190, go take a like a solid third baseman to kind of pair him with now. Now that's a little bit different. If you get me into the 130s and we're making decisions between uh well, frankly, Bloomfield's you know, Ahmed Rosario. Um, you're looking at maybe Hunter Renfro. You're looking at Chris Bryant. If those are the decisions we're making between Jordan Walker, I think we're starting to push it without a guarantee, but you could still pair him for safety for a couple of weeks. And if you got yeah. the return of 85% of what Julio Rodriguez is that Jordan Walker becomes, well, he's going to break top 50. So I think 125 that, is my spot. The best part about that, getting him at 125, 130 now, you know, is that in two weeks, that could be the steal yeah. of the draft. So like you said, pair, of course, be sure. But yeah, I I like that take. Yeah, that's that's a good one. You definitely made that debate. Bloomfield, would you take right now with the situation we know, (laughs) would you take Chris Bryant or Jordan Walker? Ooh, easy. With what we know right now. Easy. (laughs) Oh, he hates you hate Chris Bryant. Okay. Uh, No, I took Chris Bryant tonight ahead of Jordan Walker. So I would take Bryant. Okay, Bubba. I take Jordan Walker easily. Oh man, I love this descent. This is awesome. All right, we can get right, well, sh- you answer that one. Um, I'm kind of turning back on Chris Bryan a little bit. Like oh, because uh, he hit a couple divorce. spring training home runs. Divorce. Well, he hit 300. He didn't go. even get to take advantage of Colorado. Uh I'm gonna throw this out. There's a little preview if you guys want to check out Fantasy Pros. An interesting <laughs> thing. We had uh, Joe and I had Ariel Cohen on, and Ariel had said, and I agree with this statement, he said the sneaky thing that no one's talking about is Colorado hitters are better with the balanced schedule now because they're not going to keep going in and facing the Dodgers and the Padres as much. So their their road games are going to look a little bit better, and then they're playing in Colorado. So all Colorado hitters might be a little bit sneakier, and I just don't buy the not hitting power in there. So I think I might take Chris Bryant, but it's super. And, and again, we're talking about Walker right now, who's not guaranteed the job. If he gets a job, I'll take him over. Right now, I would take Chris Bryant. It sounds like Colorado has to travel more. Yeah, well, to travel to not play the Dodgers and not have to go up against <laughs> the Dodgers and the Padres, which is Where, a really yeah. good thing, by the way. Chicken and of the, the egg there. Yeah. I suppose. Um, All right. So player debate number one clearly goes to Jordan Walker. Uh, it's a sweep. As much as I like Jose Miranda, I'm going to go with Jordan Walker in this situation because the upside is unfortunately not super close. Um, Miranda, I think, has upside to break the top 100, which I've talked about. Walker has a chance to break the top 50. So I'll go with Jordan Walker. So we sweep it. Player debate number two. Adolis Garcia versus Teoscar Hernandez and uh, Bubba, uh, all the love. I love both these guys. I have them close, but like I said before, I'm one of the highest rankers in the world on Adolis. So, you know, uh, I've got him in the, you know, 39. So uh, I'm very, very high on him. Uh, right now, they're going in an FBC uh, 61 for Teoscar, 55 for Adolis. Actually, that is uh, fan tracks. Uh, that's the ADP across all of those, uh, you know, an FBC. I took ESPN. Fantasy, fantasy pros. Weird, but yeah. 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 I'm sorry. Fantasy pros. Yes. So, Bub, is it just easy Adolis for you because of the power speed combo or is Tay Oscar right in that line with him? 
yeah, it's easy at all for me that the power speed combo, like Teoscar is great and all. Um, it's, it's a staying healthy for him. For one thing, he's not going to run much anymore. And we've seen that bad average fluctuate so much throughout his career. It's like either been really good or really bad. It kind of depends on the season with the Oscar. So, um, I'll, I'll take Adelise, uh, pretty, pretty easy for me. Uh, Bloom, is it, is it that easy for you? It's not that easy. It's a slight Adelise. Teoscar Hernandez, I think it's dinged too hard for the the change in scenery. I, I Seattle from a from a pure park factor standpoint for right-handed hitters is really not that far off. It was actually Toronto. better, wasn't it? Wouldn't he have hit more homers in Seattle? Well, the, and the, if you look at the expected uh, home run park factors, twenty-eight homers in Toronto, thirty-three or thirty. I'm sorry, thirty-one in Seattle. Mm-hmm. So that's a three homer boost. If you just wanted to purely look at it from uh, playing all games in one specific park which is important here to your point because everyone is like, oh, he's going to stink. It's Seattle, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, you know, the expected home run numbers actually don't tell that story. Correct. Yep. And I just think, I think a lot of projection systems are waiting to Oscar Hernandez in the first half last year when he was obviously coming back from that oblique. Um, he was vintage to Oscar in the second half, 273 hit 16 homers. Like I think there's 35 homer, 40 homer power in this bat with a good batting average. So like, Yes, I'll take Adelise, but I'd be, I'd be thrilled to get him both in like the fourth round. Honestly, um, I don't, I don't think there's that much of a difference uh, between the two. I was gonna say, but you kind of answered it. Like, there's a gap between the values. Like, uh, it's like it's fifty-eight to sixty-five. It's not quite a round though, so I can't be like, does it change? You know, with fourth round Adolis or fifth round uh, Tay Oscar? Does that does that change anything for you, Bloomfield? Uh, not you, really. I mean, it's yeah, I'd still just take the the best player, so I, I'd still take Adelise. But um, I, I've kind of mentioned this a couple times. I, I don't have the best, most compelling arguments against uh, Adolis Garcia, but I don't trust it. I just do not. I know it's two years. Everybody and their XBA mother. Still not good. Everybody and their mother in 2022 preseason was like, I don't care what Garcia did. I don't care. Like, it's not going to last. The whiff rate stinks. The overall contact rate stinks. He strikes out. He doesn't walk. It's not going to last. And then it did. And now everybody forgets that. And no one cares about that, which I I understand because his XBA lined up. It was actually better this year than it was last year. He hit the ball really hard. I don't trust it with him. And I don't think the contact is going to continue. I love the stolen bases, which I think gives him, I think it gives him like this bottom line that might make him even a little bit safer than Teoscar Hernandez. But I think it's really hard also to ignore just the insane, crazy hard hit numbers that Teoscar put up this past year. 96% essentially like top 5% on like hard hit max exit velocity average X slug. Uh, his XBA was in the top like 25%. I mean, I just think all of the contact metrics work in his favor where he gets to hit in the middle of the lineup in what technically is a ballpark that actually favors him a little bit. I agree with what Bloomfield said. I think it's 35 plus homers. I think he could sneak 10 stolen bases in. I think he could push those RBI and run numbers. He had 77 and 71. I think those can get into the mid eighties here. Yeah. I love Tay Oscar. And I got to, I got to talk Welsh into taking two outfielders early so I can get him. 
that that's what I got to do is so yeah. he skips them. That's when I don't listen take to this if, love. Listen to this love. If I, love I get a too, if I get but, like a Cunha and then I get like you know whoever the hell else like Randy Rosarena. By the way, you guys said him earlier. I think that's like one of the most important like I guys love if him you so can. Much. That's, that's yeah. Bubba's golden child. There, I totally yeah. agree with Bubba here. Like if I can get Randy Rosarena, like I <laughs> think Randy Rosarena is so is in a tier above like Luis Robert. I feel like people are like, well, I'll just take one of Great them. It's like Robert's so risky. I would rather Randy Rosarena. 10 out of 10 times. And that's what takes me away from Teoscar. I just think the power numbers are going to be really high end. And he does have, you know, similar like K issues that are going to exist out there. But uh, I don't, I don't trust Adolis Garcia and uh, I'm going to go with Teoscar here. And I know I'm probably on the, uh, on the opposite the side island. of what many people believe. Yeah. It's an Island thing. Speaking hey, of the Rosarena, I just saw he's on 50% of my NFC teams right now. It's <laughs> my <laughs> Jeez. For yeah. an early pick, that's... I, I, had, I had, many, to look how many had to look up. How many NFC teams? Um, that have finished 10, I have three more in the process of happening. Bubba, oh my God. <laughs> oh, man. They're, all, they're, all like, they're all like, they're all DCs type. Hey, look, not. he puts his money where his mouth is. I like it. I love Bubba so much. I just, I can't believe, I love hearing that number too, that it wasn't like, oh, like three. I mean, I'd probably be the same way if it were legal here in Arizona. I would just go Actually, and, uh, out of the three drafts we have going on, I have him in one of those three too. So uh, <laughs> yeah, make that uh, six of 13 drafts. So I need to get like one, I need to get one of you guys, like the only, pro- me and Bogman would probably do more, but Bogman absolutely hates doing the NFBC lineup. So I need I someone just, that wants to like really do the lineups that I can share some NFBC teams I need to with, do, some draft I need to work. do like two places. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, Bogman, uh, you didn't answer that. Uh, Teoscar or... Uh, oh, it's Adolis for me. Uh, I'm higher, I'm second highest in ecr so it's easily adults for me but i i love teoscar too i like both these guys um but i knew you were the reason i picked this one because i knew you were teoscar and i was adolis i didn't know bubba was so invested but uh i like hearing it so uh yeah adolis for me if you had to bubba if you had to pin down who's the one guy who is more likely to regress do you think it's teoscar or do you think it's uh garcia I think it's Teoscar personally, the age and the, the health concerns with him. I could see him being the one that kind of falls apart first, but uh, there's still concerns with that. At least I'm not going to say it or not with the, uh, the, the plate discipline issues, but I'll go with Teoscar. Bloom for the same thing. Like, do you think there's more risk with Garcia or do you think it's Teoscar? I think just from the injury history, especially like soft tissue stuff, it's Teoscar's a bit more risky. I mean, at least Garcia over 580 at bats these last two seasons, like the dude, plays a lot and which is a lot of the reason why the counting stats are so good so, yeah. yeah just that lineup's getting better too just don't trust it i have nothing good i really <laughs> don't have skeptical it. Like, of, uh, yeah, it's just it's just one of those things where it's it. like it's not gonna i just I don't trust it and i just won't have shares like i'm not trying to like adamantly be against uh, garcia it's just like i'm not gonna have the shares because i don't trust it. i feel like it'll fall apart last one here you guys have been uh, absolute rock stars for hanging with us especially coming off of your live stream and doing the entire show with <laughs> us not just a little bit this is a three-way it's the best way it's okay. Okay. it is a short Maybe. stop but there's four of us yeah, well, no, not, it's not, yeah, we're not likes to watch. I'll <laughs> record. No, no purple light outside of the house. So I'm told. <laughs> so I'm told. Uh, this is a three-way player debate match, and it is of short stops with the 80s ADP. We were talking about this. I think this is very appropriate. And let's start with you, Bubba. Three guys. Wander Franco, who has a 86 ADP. Willie Adamas, who has an 88 ADP. And Tim Anderson, who has an 89, you must pick one shortstop to rule them all. 
whom do you pick of those 80 shortstops? Man, oh man, I don't know. Willie Adamas. It's really simple for me. It's Willie Adamas. The power skills have developed each and every year uh, since he's come up from the big. Still super young guy. Babbitt was horrible last year. I expect the batting average to come up. Eight steals last year was a career high. So I, I, I wouldn't be shocked if he like a 30-10 type season. He hits maybe 250. That would be outstanding. And Willie Adamas hit in the middle of the Brewers lineup where at least the top part of the lineup is be very strong still. A lot of run production in Milwaukee. Wander, I just don't know when the power is going to get there, so he's going to have to prove it to me type situation for the ADP that I'm paying. And Tim Anderson, as much as I love him and the batting average is intriguing at this point in time, look at games played by Tim Anderson. He hasn't played a, he doesn't play full seasons very often. Let's just put it that nope. way. And so um, that's one thing I'm trying to be more cognizant of is uh, you know guys that are continuously not putting in 100-plus games over and over again. That is a concern to me on draft day. So give me William Thomas. Also, I'm looking here. Bob, where did you pull these from? Because, oh, no, there he is. Okay, so they moved Fantasy down a little bit. They're all in the still same group. You know what's funny? They've I took ESPN closer. out because there's there's our Okay, well, I was going to say is if you have ESPN, what's funny is they move into the 90s, but they're within four picks of each other. There's like one person that breaks it up, and it's Tyler Glass now, and you can easily take him yeah. out. They literally would be all together, which I think is fascinating here. The Adamus, like really gets me. Because you look at the power numbers he put up while hitting 238, and you look at what is easily a career low BABIP. I mean, it is almost 50 spot, spots lower than his career average. I don't know what to do with myself on that because I get too excited. That's why, like, I love the idea, especially if you get Adamus later. I love the idea of pairing him, even as a middle infielder. I think it's such an advantage you get. Or obviously, if 15 team, you miss out on shortstop, you get him. Uh, I like that one. Bloomfield. Same thing. Wanda Franco, Willie Adamas, Tim Anderson. What say you? I'm going to take offense to your comment earlier, Welsh, about uh, Tim Anderson <laughs> being the Byron Buxton of shortstop. Oh, oh gonna he's going to play games this year. It, this is the yep. year. How? Uh, I know I'm cherry picking stats a little bit, but basically a full season in 2020. 500 plus at bats in 2021. Five, 500 at-bats 2019, 550 plus in 2018, 2017. Yes, Tim Anderson was younger back then. We all were. Um, a <laughs> lot of the missed time with Tim Anderson last year was like a torn tendon in his finger, kind of a freaky thing. So, yes, there are some hamstrings and groins and that sort of thing. It's never been super major uh, for Tim Anderson, and I just think on a per-game basis, he blows the other two guys away, honestly. Um so I, I just I, I think he still runs. I think he hits the top of the lineup. He's currently healthy, and that's for me for hitters. That's kind of all you can ask for. And technically so, correct, right? But Byron Buxton's <laughs> technically healthy right now. What are your thoughts on Byron Buxton? So is Jacob Degrom. Uh, yeah, Jacob Degrom's healthy. No, he's, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> he's looking good. Yeah, okay, I'm gonna uh, do so the, Tim yeah, Anderson. I, know this is- I, I I I know I'm taking some health risk, but like this dude, I is a borderline first round player if he gets 550 at bats again the probability of that is not you know crazy high but i think if you factor in replacement level and you add that on to his projection I, I i think tim anderson takes it he's an ifs and buts and candies and nuts and we all have a merry christmas player 1000 he's okay, yeah. he's he's the reason i look at byron bucks and i go okay well if he plays the whole season it's ridiculous jacob Degrom does the same thing i completely agree with you if tim anderson could play 150 games which he's only done once in his career in 2018 uh as you get older your body kind of declines he's 29 years old just looking at that he's only done it once if he could play a whole season when you extrapolate his numbers they always look crazy they're like 
25-25 with a fantastic batting average. Obviously, they lost to Brayu. It's great numbers. It just, he doesn't. And I think I build that in a little bit. And um, so I guess there's only so much risk. I cherry pick it, I guess, kind of in like one direction on the opposite side, which I'm doing. I guess I've been picking on like White Sox guys because I'm not into Robert. I'm not into Tim Anderson. I'm going to do something interesting. Bruce is gone. It's fine. What's that? So LaRusse is gone. They're fine. Yeah, You don't need (laughs) eight anymore. (laughs) He's taking a a long nap. Not the long, long nap, but like a long nap. Otherwise, (laughs) did I tell you he literally fell? He like fell asleep multiple times. There was one point when I was at White Sox camp last year where he was wandering around and there was like a a coach that looked over at another coach and was like, what's he doing? What's he doing? (laughs) And all he did was just walk around. He didn't talk to anybody. He just like walked around and just like, you know, looked at fans. Trying to figure out where he parked his car. Well, it was in the middle of the street. Yeah, check the stoplight. <laughs> it was in the middle of the street, guys. Um, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go with Wander Franco. And this is going to be the, the wild and wacky one because statistically, he's the least of all these guys. There technically are still some batting average issues if I'm drafting first on Willie Adamas. Tim Anderson has the injury stuff. What we're looking for for Wander Franco is the breakout. What he doesn't do is strike out. What he does do is get on base. What he does do is make really good contact. Uh, he had one month. Before he got injured, where it looked like those things were coming together in March and April 2021, where he was like hitting 300, like four homers, three stolen bases. And he was lining up where it's like, holy crap, you know, kind of what you're looking at with Tim Anderson. We might get this to finally happen. Injury set him down and he was gone. I think it's I think we're in for the breakout because I think the floor is immense, except we are in this space where we don't know, is he going to be you know, empty. Is he Jeff McNeil or is he going to make the next big step? And he's going to be what we want out of Tim Anderson. So you could take Tim Anderson knowing, well, I know if he's healthy, he'll get it. I'm sitting on a spot where I'm trying to bank on the the breakout of a 22 year old who's learning the game, who was injured last year and was one of the best prospects in baseball. I think the bounce back can happen. Both of these guys, you kind of all get a little bit cheaper. And the reason why I went is because we all picked a different shortstop here. So Bogman, yep. you get to break the tie and be the final pick of All what right. shortstop out of this group you're going to pick. And I know it's going to be Willie Adamas. It's Wander. So I actually oh, Willie Adamas ranked what? lowest out of this group. Uh, it, it, what? It, and look, it's funny to me because I feel it like I'm funny. more likely. It's really funny. Stop, <laughs> stop, relax. I feel like I'm more willing to take Willie Adamas most of the time uh, because he goes uh, you know, a little bit later. And... I usually am looking for power because I have stack speed uh, in the front. So I feel like I will have more shares of Willie Adamas than anybody else here because, you know, Franco, uh, you know, sometimes gets pulled up a little bit early. Uh, I love Tim Anderson, but usually in this spot, I'm not looking for steals. I already have them. I like to secure them early. So most of the time, I think I I will have more shares of Adamas, uh, you know, than the other two, but I have Wander at the top because I want the potential. I want that ceiling. It's interesting the different wrinkles that all these players have in them. Um, they're all different tastes and different flavors. This is also why what I would point out is like do better and just don't have to deal with these situations. If you, if <laughs> yeah. you guys are all hearing, make Lindor early. Of, yeah. yeah, yeah. If you're hearing like three different decisions and stuff like that, and it's like Franco, will the counting counting stats match up? Will Adamus's batting average? turn back can tim anderson play those games those are the biggest questions that you have maybe just do better and just get one more goes towards the shortstop being you know not that deep so get lindor or something like that bloomfield and bubba are besties of besties uh let's let's promote some stuff 
Bloomfield, let's start with you. Obviously, you guys have got the podcast, which I want you guys to cover. But what else do you got going on that you need to tell people about for this draft season? Yeah, Bubba and the Bloom podcast and all my stuff's on Baseball HQ. I've been there, I think this is my 11th or 12th year wow. now, which makes me feel really old. Um, <laughs> you can find my stuff there at Twitter, at RyanBHQ. And uh, yes, check out those Bloom boards. I've got a few more in the hopper before... Uh, before drafts end and opening season begins. So I really out. do love that. I do. I do love those. And I yeah, honestly, you, I mean, you could look at my back end stuff on my ranks and stuff. I'll just, I'll take like a link and I'll be, and I'll attach it to, I won't do it for every single, but like if there's like two or three guys on a bloom board that stand out to me, it's like, Oh, I'm going to copy that link and I'm going to attach it on the notes section of a player to just come back to. Cause it's just good reference points of things you found. And I think a lot of people could gain a lot of great knowledge by following that. So make sure you're following him on Twitter. Uh, Bloomfield been part of the, you know, been on the podcast pretty since the early days. So uh, we've always loved having you on Bubba. What's going down, brother? Obviously uh, you know, Bubba and Bloomfield, the podcast, but you've also got bench with Bubba. You, I mean, Jesus, you're, Bubba you're, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're borderlining into like the ITL range of like, you're just a little bit of everywhere. So what's, what's the plug? Yeah. We're the redheaded stepchilds. Welsh. this is what we do. Get That's it where we, we can get it uh, on Twitter at BD Entrick. You'll see it all there, but Bubba and the Bloom pod uh, bench with Bubba pod as well. Quick hits will be coming back when the season starts uh, riding at baseball HQ fantasy pros. Um, and then um, the don't forget golf. Don't edge. forget the golf podcast. <laughs> G- gaining, yeah. gaining the edge Patreon GTE fantasy uh, on Patreon with Curlin, Simeon and Jorge Montanez. That's a lot of fun as well. Yes, and Bogman remembers the golf very well. We used to talk about it every Thursday night for the radio show. Bogman was like, hey, we need a two-and-a-half-minute <laughs> right, opening let's segment. Let's do golf. What happened? All right, yeah. that's enough golf. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's golf a good week. golf. So, um, yeah, just follow me on Twitter. You'll get all the goods there. You know, and the last thing I'd say uh, to get you guys out of here, you guys definitely kind of stole the show. People don't know unless you were there, but um, Bloomfield and Bubba hosted – uh, they did the live podcast in one of the podcast rooms during first pitch. And, um, you know, as everybody knows, I'm never invited, but I just show up <laughs> and I uh, and I just poke into things. And I happened to be in there. Me and Frank were, you know, drunkily, maybe, but just like kind of stumbling around <laughs> and, you know, going into places before a poker game wasn't open. And we popped over to one of the rooms where you guys were doing the live podcast and you guys killed it. And And I heard so many people talk about how great it was. Uh, obviously the artwork and that's the story behind the artwork if everyone doesn't know that's on bloomfield and bubba's podcast is uh, the two of them sitting up having people you know in the audience reacting bubba was a rock star in the real hosting set you guys just did a great job so i wanted to commend you on the great job that you guys have developed overall you guys killed it at first pitch you guys continue to kill it and i love you both and i know bogman loves you both too so love you goodbye got to get you all invited one of these years someday <laughs> uh, you know what at this point don't invite me. It, it's, it's, a almost, it's a thing. Or NWO. Yeah, yeah, we'll just yeah. show up. That's right. All right. Uh, that's going to do it for the podcast. Thank you to both of these gentlemen. We've got a mock draft coming up uh, in just a couple of days. It is 10.0. It's a points league draft on ESPN. If you guys want to check hey, it out. Hey, Bloomfield. <laughs> yeah, right Love there. It. Bloomfield, you can check Love it out. It. We're going to be doing the, the mock draft of points ESPN. We got that bad boy. Uh, you guys could check us out. Underdog promo code ITL. Support the boys. When you do so, uh, ITL gets you 100 100% match up to 100 bucks a deposit, and we'll be giving away a hoodie to one person that uh, decides to do it this month and lets us know. We'll be randomly picking those in this league.com as a Patreon. Come and follow us there, please, and vote for us on whatever the hell we are on the baseball pods. If you see it on Twitter, 
uh, make sure you vote for ITL as much as possible. Vote for Bloomfield and Bubba. Just vote for all the people. Vote for the good guys. Bad guys out, right. good guys in. That's what we like it. On Twitter, it's at the Welsh Bogman Sports. We're out of here, friends. Goodbye. We love you. Sayonara. Sayonara.